You may be a Doctor Who podcast, but I'm the Doctor Who podcast. The definite article, you might say. Welcome, dear listeners, to DWP special episode number 14. And guess what? The thing that makes it special is you. Yes, indeed. This is a feedback episode where we get to read some of our feedback that has come in over the past days, weeks, months, and perhaps even years. But that doesn't mean we didn't read it and love it. And now you'll get to hear what we think of it. Who are you with, Michelle? I'm with the listeners, James. I'm with the listeners. Well, that's going to make a great podcast, isn't it? Michelle talks to the listeners. Sadly, the listeners don't talk back. <laughs> okay. Yes, I am actually joined in the camper van, of course, by James. Hello, Michelle. Uh, what a lovely welcome. How wonderful it is to be here. Well, yes. There you go. Any rate, your presence is usually given. Um, like the I elephant in the room, James is here. Elephant in the room. Right. Okay. This is going really well. Well, it is nice to be here. I have to say going through your feedback listeners has been on a DWP schedule. Well, actually, it hasn't been on a DWP schedule. That's been the problem. Uh, It's been my intention to get it on a DWP schedule for probably coming up to a year or so now. And as Michelle alluded, uh, some of the messages we're going to go through date back, you know, weeks, months, years, some some uh, messages which the authors have spent quite a lot of time putting together and sending to us, we've callously ignored for several months. But we, we are going to do it a little bit of justice now. And uh, there's some really good opinions in some of these messages. So I'm quite looking forward to uh, to, to getting into those. But first of all, um, did we get any messages or any feedback, Michelle, about Eighth Wonder? You know, we did, actually. Uh, a lot of that came through on Facebook and Twitter and mm. uh, was was positive. I mean, being Facebook and Twitter, they were just short little snippets. But my favorite one was from, I think, somebody named Rick, who said that he had his dog walk sorted. Um, <laughs> oh, Rick. Yeah, that's great. And the funny thing was, uh, the message referred to a dog walk and I read it quickly and I, for some reason, thought his dog listened to our podcast. And I was <laughs> <laughs> so uh, clearly that's not quite right. I don't know. You don't know how many of those clicks and downloads we get are actually uh, four-footed friends. That's very true. But uh, but Eighth Wonder, um, I, I, again, that, that leads me on to something else very briefly, um, which I do want to mention before I forget. Eighth Wonder is our little mini-series reviewing the Eighth Doctor Big Finish box set, Dark Eyes. And uh, we, we kind of stripped four reviews over a week or so a little while ago. And no sooner had we finished that series... Doctor Who magazine released the cover of their latest magazine and on the front there's a picture of Paul McGann with the words Eighth Wonder emblazoned right across the cover. And I was thinking, hmm, coincidence? Probably. The next thing I look at, (laughs) yeah, I'm sure it was. (laughs) The next thing I look at was Big Finish's Vortex magazine, which of course is gearing up for the release of the Eccleston audios later on this month. And on the, the the front of that article, 
had nine lives. And I was thinking now, is this a coincidence here? Because Nine Lives has been our long-standing series that Ian's overseeing and coordinating. So we're either providing inspiration or my inspiration when it comes to titles is not particularly inspired and other people come up with the same idea. But I don't think I'm, I'm going to weigh in one way or the other on, <laughs> on what yeah, that is. Well. By, by the way, no sooner had we finished Eighth Wonder, or at least the first part of Eighth Wonder, we're going to do more, than uh, Stu on Facebook asked us to go on and cover Doom Coalition, Ravenous, Time War, and The Stranded. <laughs> well, uh, all so. in one show. Well, in the future was was what the request, how the request was stated. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I like the idea. Put it put it that way. And, and provided listeners, you enjoy it and uh, you let us know that you'd like more, then we are more than happy to produce. Great. Well, not all of our feedback has come through Facebook and Twitter. We do have some folks who have written more lengthy feedback using that old thing that we used to use called email. You remember email. Vaguely. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at any rate, we have some some wonderful folks with some good thoughts. And uh, we'll dive into the email now, shall we? The email bag? The email bag. Well, you know, you're supposed to <laughs> the letter bag. The old era of uh, the post office mixed with the new way of sending messages, I suppose. Yes, the email bag. <laughs> well, let's start with one from Dave. And uh, Dave says, just a quick message to say that I enjoyed the latest episode, even if it was a stand-in. Oh, this is talking about the episode that Ian and I uh, jumped on without any real planning to discuss the time meddler. Right, right. We get just as good feedback on those that you don't put any planning into, James, as those that you do. So just just a note there. Um, <laughs> but Dave says that I think fans who haven't seen the lot are more common than we might expect, mm. meaning haven't seen all of Doctor Who. Dave says he just counted up and for stories where it all exists, no animations or recons, I've got 23 left to see. And you could easily double that for ones I know I've seen, but may as well not have, as I can remember so little about them. Hmm. And that's before you even get to missing eps and other stuff. Uh, by the way, I had recently gone through and done a list for myself, and uh, I am certain that there are seven episodes that I have never seen. It may be as high as 20, because there are a number in there that I'm not sure if I've seen or not. I know some of them I've read the Target novels, but haven't seen the TV Do you mean episodes yet, or so. stories? Um, I mean stories is, right. is what I mean. Sorry. So your episode that, but... count is is going to be similar to Dave's potentially. He's got twenty three episodes yeah. left to see. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere between seven and twenty for me. Okay. But D Dave also says I did enjoy your discussion of Time Meddler, but I think I liked it more than both of you combined. The last <laughs> time I saw it was probably over a decade ago, though, so my opinion might have changed. I am with Dave here. I when I listened to you and Ian talk about this. I wanted to leap in and uh, give it a little more credit because I, like Dave, it's been at least a few years since I saw Time Meddler, but I, I remember nothing but enjoyment. Um, and I was particularly <laughs> defensive. I don't think that Ian in particular, and I can't remember your thoughts, really appreciated Stephen very much. No, that was uh, Ian. Yeah, Ian didn't like Stephen at all. I think he used the word horrible. The important thing is that this is, they have just picked up Stephen on the planet Mechanoid, where he has spent two years 
captive of the mechanoids with no other human contact, nothing but a stuffed panda bear or something that he had with him. And and I was struck when I saw the chase at just how impacted Stephen's character is by that. I mean, he is clearly suffering from shell shock or PTSD or 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 they don't play him as someone who is has had an easy time of these two years. And I think it's actually a fairly realistic and authentic characterization, not ready to trust and a little difficult. There, there's perfectly good character reasons for that. And so I, it didn't bother me at all. I watched the episodes in order um, and it made sense. And I like Stephen a lot. You like mm. Stephen too. I, I thought the time Medley was brilliant. I, in fact, I was a, a little surprised when um, I read that feedback because, yeah, I mean, whilst I think he and... Um, had more problems with it than I did. Um, I I I don't remember being anything other than fairly positive uh, about it. There was very little that I I had. Well, I, I didn't enjoy. In fact, even now, I, I I still can't think of anything about that story that I that, that really stands out. And I think, oh, I didn't like that. It's it's one of the best first Doctor stories I think there is, and and certainly one that I've enjoyed. So. Uh, you know, perhaps perhaps I didn't come across as uh, enthusiastically as I either I remember, or um, or perhaps I did pick up on a few things. But as, as, as far as I was concerned, it's um, it, it's a great story. How about you? Have you been reading any email? Um, email, yes, I suppose I have. Yes, nice prompts. Thank you, Michelle. Right. Uh, next email is from Beth. Hello, Beth. Thank you very much indeed for getting in touch. Hi, the Doctor Who podcast. Not exactly feedback from me, but I wanted to say thank you and I hope you don't mind. I think I can live with it, Beth. Uh, Like a lot of people, the pandemic has had a big impact on me. I've also been going through anxiety and a very recent breakup. Listening to you guys has been such a help, funny, interesting, calming. Hmm. I know. Although, what what podcast is she listening to? I don't know. I think she's probably got the wrong email address. Um, <laughs> although I'm still struggling to work out whose voice is who. Uh, my voice is the one. Michelle is the one that sounds like a girl. Yes. So just to be clear, I'm Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Beth goes on to say, uh, it feels like I'm listening to a group of friends and you've really made me rediscover my love of Doctor Who. So I just wanted to say cheers and keep up the good work, which is a lovely email. And of, of course, we are not going to object to you sending in really nice messages like that. But um, of, of course, we're sorry to hear that uh, you've you found lockdown or the pandemic quite difficult. So I think all of us have in our own little ways. And um, if, if the podcast is making it easier for you or anyone, then I'm over the moon about that. Yeah, I thought that was a lovely email, and we really appreciate you sending it, Beth. And mm. uh, I like the part about where it sounds like you're—I can't remember exactly how it was said—but it sounds like you're sitting chatting with friends, and that, of course, is exactly what you are doing. We can't hear <laughs> your part of the conversation unless you write us or send us audio feedback, which is an option. But um, I have no doubt that uh, if we were at a convention or something where our listeners were there in person that we would be all sitting around chatting as friends so i think she means we talk to each other as friends which i was about to say is nothing further from the truth (laughs) (laughs) no well (laughs) which of course is not true no i think that all of you listeners are included in that circle of friends uh, even if we can't hear you in the moment 
wonderful. Who have we got next in the... <laughs> Just agree em- with me, James. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I generally find that to be uh, the most sensible course of action. Um, my, <laughs> Michelle, you've heard from Michael. Michael is going to talk about the series finale, and he is actually referring to The Timeless Child. He's referring oh, to right. um, uh, over a year ago. Michael says, just finished the series finale, and I have to say, what a major disappointment. The whole point of Doctor Who is about change and embracing different things that not many other shows could even dream of. But the Doctor being the timeless child and not a Gallifreyan was pointless and needless. Why would even a half-converted Cyberman trust a being not of their race? Why would the Cybermen even for a split second allow a part conversion to live? They are meant to be mindless, thoughtless, merciless machines, and not the cult of Scarrow Mark II. This was very disappointing and, in truth, an end to a series that has been very lackluster. I think you need to start saying how you feel, Michael. Um, it's uh, it's not clear uh, what you felt of the Timeless Child or Timeless Children. Was it Timeless Child or Timeless Children? Now, I can't even remember. Um, but, yeah, thank you for sending in your thoughts, uh, e- even though they're not particularly positive. And, um, I mean, I, I seem to remember, and it's quite hard for me to think this far back now to remember how I felt straight after the episode but I I do seem to remember being underwhelmed uh, by the episode but also I think I had a sense of relief that it was fairly inconsequential uh, in terms of my own thoughts and the way that I would watch um, old episodes of Doctor Who so in, in other words even though it was game-changing in terms of plots you know the Doctor no longer Gallifrey and can regenerate an infinite number of times it just felt as though it was it still didn't really matter very much and I think that um, that kind of feeling has developed in in my fandom um, over the last year or so uh, I, I still don't think it's a particularly good idea I don't like the idea of the Doctor essentially being invulnerable. You know, regeneration was never supposed to be a vehicle to immortality, and uh, otherwise the whole five Doctors would have, um, you know, would, would have had a slightly different dimension given the ultimate prize there was immortality. But it's it, it just, for me, has um, washed over me. I need to go back and watch it again. Um, I never felt as strongly as, as Michael seems to to feel or as his email suggests he feels um but yeah I, you know t- things do change over time but i haven't really spent a great deal of time thinking about it since i watched it um how about you michelle well it you know here we are almost a year and a half after it aired and mm. i remember liking some things about the episode i think i enjoyed that we actually got to see the master and the doctor uh, engaging with each other as, as much as they did. I've always been fascinated by that relationship. I was not a fan of the Timeless Child in that, you know, the Doctor's not Gallifreyan and, and has unlimited regenerations. It, yeah. it didn't rock my world. You know, I, I kind of shrugged it off, uh, I think, a little bit like you, James. But I think that there is a benefit to the to the suspense in the story if the Doctor is not immortal. Uh, yeah. If... If you really have only 12 regenerations, or by all means, figure out how to make, you know, how to have an additional 12 when you have to keep the series going. Um, but there was still always the possibility that every life sacrificed, every time the doctor sacrificed him or herself, that that was shortening, shortening his life, shortening her life. 
And uh, I think that there's power to that. Now, presumably, if it's a really serious, there, there must be some kinds of death that would disallow regeneration. So well, is there? that threat must, must still be there. But it, I still think it, it lessens something for me by not having a time limit. Well, and, and, and the fact that the doctor has a different set of rules to other time lords we've mentioned. Again, I mentioned the five doctors earlier. If you think about how the Castellan is just summarily killed and disposed of there without regenerating, then that means that some time lords can be killed before they've regenerated 12 times. So it's it, it's changing the doctor into a, a god almost. And like you say, it kind of takes a lot of the suspense away from it. But if, if you if you look at it from the other sides of the, the fence, so you've got plot on one side, viewers on the other. When you're watching Doctor Who, or certainly when I watched it as I grew up as a child, and even to an extent after it returned in 2005... Regeneration was such an event. Yes. You know, you, you it happened once every few years. And the reason why it mattered so much was because it was pivotal. And we were getting closer and closer to the 12 limit, which actually, I think, between them, Russell T. Davis and Stephen Moffat handled really well. And now it, it's been tinkered with again um, to the point where actually everything we believed about the Doctor wasn't true I mean, I mean and that was the strap line if you recall for the whole mm. of the last series everything you believe is a lie actually it isn't it's just that they've decided to change something so late in the day and uh, purely I think to make an impact that the stories weren't having on the mm. audience um so it's 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 interesting um the, the the good thing about Doctor Who is that things do always change and uh, Michael you mentioned that in your message uh, that it's all about change. Um, actually, just because Chibnall and the writers are in control of what happens in a particular episode, they're not in control of the franchise and they're certainly not in control of how you view and enjoy Doctor Who. And despite me not being a fan of that particular development, it hasn't affected my affection for the show or the franchise. And there's always stories that I will go back to and watch and love and, you know, recent developments that I may not be in favour of or, or like particularly does not dilute that enjoyment. And, you know, maybe the older you get, the less bothered you become. Actually, that's completely wrong. Looking at some of the fans online, the older they become, the more intransigent they become. And do you not remember Omega from The Three Doctors and what was said in the third episode? Um, I, yeah, it's... It doesn't bother me. I mean, in, in the context of my fandom, I don't like it. And it's something I'd rather had not had happened. But does it bother me to the extent that I'm going to start watching Star Trek instead with the same passion as, as some of fandom have suggested they would or go elsewhere or, or feel the need to resign their fandom online? You know, no, no. Next, we have a message from Sandra from Brisbane in Australia, which is 
quite a long way away from me. It's quite a quite a long way away from me too. It, yes, it's 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 well, Australia's a long way away from everywhere, really, isn't it? Anyway, Sandra starts off by saying, "I'm Sandra from Brisbane." You see, that's how I knew she was Sandra from Brisbane, um, Australia. Thank you for your reviews this season. It was such a pleasure to realise that you were back after your hiatus. My 18-year-old son is very passionate about Doctor Who and listening to your podcast is like support material to help me engage with him. He's loved Doctor Who since primary school. He's watched all the new Who multiple times and watched all the old Who in an enormous marathon on Twitch. Twitch is a modern thing, apparently. I don't know much about it. He quotes facts and theories and plans out how stories should have gone. We even got to see the Doctor Who experience before it closed. I didn't know that was in Brisbane, but there we go. Um, And that's where listening to your podcast has grown into a training program of sorts to help me hear other points of view and help me process better what he's told me. I've enjoyed hearing how different members of the team experience watching the show with their children, which is interesting, actually, because I've often thought that watching the show with my daughter dilutes the way I watch Doctor Who and there are times when I try and watch it when she's not around so I can form my own opinions and not watch it through a child's eyes but it's quite tricky to do that. Um, Sandra continues, uh, I think it highlights how it still engages new viewers and inspires them to think new things and dream of the complexities of time travel and how big and wonderful the universe is. That's quite romantic. Um, Yeah that's great. (laughs) don't get me wrong at times it's like listening to an old man gripe and rant but i know i will treasure this point of connection thank you for sharing your love of doctor who now just to clarify do you think she's talking about her son or is she talking about you and or the doctor or the doctor i'm i'm not sure yeah (laughs) i don't know well anyway i don't mind being an old man who rants and gripes that's good I quite enjoy it, and there's not much I can do about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what a great, uh, what a great message. Um, and I do wonder how many other parents have um, had to use us as uh, learning material so that they can engage with their children better. <laughs> I do pity them if they do. I really do. Well, that's uh, you know that that really is beautiful, and I think some of us have discovered that Doctor Who can be a point of connection with our children. I think. In our household, we're now on third generation, although I was the one who started it all, so it goes both directions. Um, well, how, how's that going? I mean, do um, is, is your influence still felt there? Does your son still watch it? Because he's getting on a bit now, isn't he? Yeah, my son, my son is 17 mm. now, and uh, he still enjoys Doctor Who. He, he's never been as fanatical as I have been, but he is very knowledgeable, and he keeps up with the new series, and sometimes when he's bored, he'll you know pop in one of the one of the other episodes he's never gotten that much into the old series he's watched some of those with me but most most of his attention is is on the new series yeah. but uh, it is I, I i am with sandra that it is lovely to have something that you can connect with particularly with a teenager i think um and my son and i talk about a lot of other things too but I'm so glad that he likes Doctor Who, and I always my heart breaks a little for you, James. It's hard, you know, Michelle. It is hard. Uh, I, I don't know if you've caught up on the last podcast I recorded with um, with Drew, but I was uh, telling him that I'd been away recently and I've been watching the season eight box set, uh, where you know, as soon as I put a disc in, my entire family suddenly disappear. It's almost in a puff of smoke. It's quite impressive. Um, and <laughs> a, and at one point during the holiday, my sister came. Uh, to visit and brought her three children so my two nieces and a nephew and my nephew 
is 10. He's slightly younger than my daughter. And we sat and we watched the whole of Terror of the Autons. Uh, well, I say the whole of it, the whole of the first episode. So that's 25 minutes. And I was expecting him to say, oh, I want to turn this off. Oh, what's that? Why is what, why has the telephone got a cable on it, uncle? But I didn't get any of that. And at the end of it, he said, I'd like to watch some more, uncle. But he didn't want to watch it on his own. He only wanted to watch it with me. So the um, the, the relationship that Sandra describes with her son uh, that I used to have with Tasha when she was small, hopefully could be replaced by a new a new fandom with my with my nephew and if that's the case and I'll see if I can do a permanent exchange of children with my sister I was gonna say can you <laughs> <Yeah>. do a swap <laughs> <laughs> and we have another one here this is from David Heron who writes I cried when y'all shut down the Doctor Who podcast back in 2015. How did the time slip by so quick that it was that long ago? Anyway, I had no idea that the podcast started back up and accidentally came across it today. Wow, thank you for finding a way to get back on the air. Yours and Tin Dog have been the only Doctor Who-related podcasts that I've been able to stand listening to. <laughs> been able to stand <laughs> listening to. <laughs> what? A, I mean, that's a massive compliment to us, but my goodness. <laughs> Uh, he says, I'll work on getting caught up, but just wanted to say it was so nice to hear all the familiar voices again. Oh, so wonderful. there, another sweet one. And I do recognize your name, David. So thank you very much indeed for your uh, your multiple messages. It's great to hear from you. And uh, I, I do hope you'll continue to listen uh, to the point where you get to hear this message. <laughs> but, uh, but, but David is one of our listeners who have emailed us this year. So, you know, it, it's relatively a short period of time compared to some of the others. So who do we have next? Yes, it's Michael. Just a quick note from Michael. I was so happy to see you guys come back as the last four years were not the same. I have been listening since the DWO WhoCast years and my ears were there for episode zero back in 2010. I enjoyed the most recent series and felt that it wrapped up enough questions and left us with some more to chew on in 2021. Hope all are doing well. Well, uh, thank you very much indeed. What a lovely email. Uh, it, it's great that you've been listening to the DWP for so long. Um, I, I do remember recording the very first episode. Uh, I remember where I was sitting. It's not that far from where I'm sitting now, actually. Uh, but it does kind of feel like a different uh, a different universe. But it's great to know that um, we've got some listeners, Michelle, that uh, that are stuck with us right from the very start. Yeah, actually, before the start, I love this too. And I remember, Michael, just like you, I was a listener uh, to the DWO WhoCast uh, before uh, the DWP even started. And so I listened to episode zero as well. And somehow, um, without really trying to, found myself eventually here behind the mic, which is lovely. I have such fond memories of those years, all those years ago. <laughs> That's so cool. It's Wonderful. nice to know there's somebody else out there who's been around that long. I think Ian... Ian may be in the same uh, same category. I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's uh, again. It's, it's it's nice to have such continuity, really. Um, but uh, but DWO who cast? Obviously, we mentioned Rick earlier on today, and Rick is uh, a presenter of the Who Cast now. So whether or not that's still going, I know he was a few months or so ago. I'm not too sure if it's still continuing, but uh, you know that's another that's another show. We don't mention yeah. that anymore. <laughs> Well, let's move on to an email from Jake in California. 
Uh, I'm particularly fond of this email from Jake in California because I lived, uh, I grew up in California. So hooray for people from the West Coast. I've been there. You've been, yes, you have been there. Three times. Uh, more than once. <laughs> I didn't see Jake though. Well, you probably lost out. <laughs> Jake says, hello, members of the camper van. Firstly, I would like to say that I very much appreciate all of the content and different perspectives that you put out. Having so many different hosts really gives a well-rounded look at all of the new Doctor Who episodes as they come out. Also, I very much appreciate the looks back at the classic series, of which I've seen some but not all, and the continued reviews of the Big Finish content, which I haven't dipped my toes into very much at all, but once I've watched all the classic series, I probably will. Uh, you definitely need to, Jake. Mm. Jake goes on to say, "I uh, and I think he's referring to the last couple of seasons now of the TV series. He says, I liken it to your favorite team having a few terrible losing seasons in a row. And then when they make it to 500 for a year with the same coach and players, we're supposed to be happy with the improvement, even though they've been underachieving for a long time. <laughs> And he goes on to say, don't know if the metaphor works for you, but if you are a college football fan, it makes perfect sense. It makes no sense to me at all. But I get the point you're making, <laughs> I think. I, uh, now that I live in the southern part of the United States, I understand college football fans. Ah. This is a whole nother world and a whole nother level. level you missed an opportunity to say it was a whole other ball game now. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for providing that opportunity James. Pleasure. These, this is why there are multiple people in the camper van. Yes, indeed. <laughs> to, yeah, we... to, to catch the ball game jokes. <laughs> Continuing on with Jake's comments, uh, he says that all of the meaningful speeches over the last few episodes have been so unearned and eye-rolly. Mm. Now, I think he's talking about the TV series here again and not the Doctor Who podcast. Oh, right. Yes. I, I don't think we make speeches. I sincerely hope he's talking about Doctor Who and not us. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, in all serious, Jake goes on to say, um, I'm sick of being told that I should be caring about these companions. And I'm sick of watching the doctor explain to me what's going on instead of actually doing anything. Mm. With that being said, hope springs eternal. And I hope that trimming down and reshuffling the companions will give CC a chance to reset a little. I think it'll be a shame to waste Whitaker any more than has already been done. However, I'm more than a little afraid that this producer is just what he is and will continue with these problems until that changes. Yeah. And he says, once again, thanks for all the great content. Well, okay. Well, well, first of all, I just want to point out that we don't just choose the negative or critical emails uh, to read. Uh, we do read pretty much all of them that come, come through. Uh, and, and of course, people are always more vocal when they're critical then uh, I've got something nice to say. But um, I, I would particularly want to appeal to people who enjoy the current era of Doctor Who um, because it's certainly not one of my favourites. Um, and uh, the feedback we get generally lambasts the writing, the plot, pretty much every <laughs> aspect um, of, of the production, perhaps with the exception of Whittaker. Uh, most people seem to think she's an extremely good actor and uh, it, again it's the scripts and it's the surrounding production that seems to have let her down but um, I, I must say that even during Capaldi's era these long speeches were beginning to bother me and they had less and less impact there was there was one I believe in Flatline 
think it's flatline. Uh, not seen that for a while. Uh, where Capaldi uh, has essentially what is his first big speech. And it just kind of fell flat. It didn't really have the same impact. And I think that's because the dialogue that has the most impact for me is 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 that it's given to the doctor that doesn't come across in a speech it's it's just a quip or a throw a throwaway remark and yet certainly i think ever since the stonehenge speech from matt smith it's an expectation and every now and again they're brilliant they're absolutely brilliant i mean you look at the capaldi speech in uh the zygon inversion invasion absolutely immense and it's so hard-hitting uh, but you know, I don't remember one of the latest or one speech in the latest era in the last two series that has had any lasting impression on me. And that has got nothing to do with Jodie Whittaker. Indeed. I guess I'm not that much different from, from kind of the bulk of the, the messages we're getting from our listeners. I really enjoy Jodie Whittaker. I feel like the stories have been mm, lackluster is what one of our listeners said. And yeah. Uh, they're not necessarily Doctor Who stories, are they? That's the thing, you see. You, you used to be able to distinguish a really good episode of Doctor Who by saying that wouldn't turn up anywhere else. And the, the episodes that I have really enjoyed, and I loved Rosa, fantastic story, but I, I think it was Ian who actually articulated this view, and I so agree with him. It's not an episode of Doctor Who. It's a brilliant episode of television, and it makes you care about the characters. But, it, you know, it feels like they've just chucked in the space racist because it has to have a sci-fi element. And well, and it doesn't. You know, doctor. I disagreed with that comment from Ian because Doctor Who doesn't have to have a space element, a sci-fi element. I mean, in the basic premise of the series early on was that there would be some some historicals, that the Doctor would get caught up in the historical. And I think I think that would have been great episode. I think it would have been even better, maybe, if there had been a way, I guess there had to be somebody that was going to screw up the timeline. But, uh, <laughs> but I no, I do. I don't see why that's not a, an episode of Doctor Who because Doctor Who can do so much. But, um, but, but I hear your <laughs> yeah. point. So I have one last note here that came to us. I think through. No, actually, this has to be Twitter. It's got the little birdhouse symbol on it. So this must have come through a message on Twitter. And it we says, are so it's technical. We are so good, <laughs> aren't we? we? <laughs> it's got a bird on it, James. Must be Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have it printed out. so it doesn't This has got work. Fs all over it. No, it's not someone who's annoyed. It's a Facebook message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this is this is from Rob. Rob says, hi there, Team DWP. A quick message to say a big thank you for the recent Eighth Wonder series. I loved listening to your insights and thoughts about the story on the podcast. To me, Big Finish is the new Doctor Who series in an era where the television series is almost two years apart. It's familiar, cozy, warm, and brilliant storytelling. Many thanks. Oh, brilliant. Is that um, Rob Kelly? Yes, it is. Wonderful. Rob's been following us for ages. He's also based in Australia. And uh, that's a wonderful message for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, one, it's always good to hear from Rob. Uh, and, and secondly, I agree with everything he says. And, and particularly over lockdown, I've come to value Big Finish, I think, more than at, almost at any other point over the last 20 years. And bearing in mind, I've been with, with Big Finish since the Sirens of Time have been released. And uh, the, the quality 
of stories and the, the, the ability to work their magic on my nostalgia gene is phenomenal. And I, I, I don't believe that's purely because I'm getting old. I've said this before, but uh, it's because the TV simply isn't doing it for me at the moment. And I know it's capable of doing it for me because it did just a couple of years ago and I was still old then. So it, it's not about just uh, get it, getting older. But yeah, great message, Rob, and uh, keep those messages coming in. And I, I don't know if I could say anything better than you just did, except that I really like this idea that Big Finish being the new Doctor Who series, because partly what Rob says about the the time that we wait for TV episodes, TV stories now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Big Finish, month after month after month, there's a, the continuous content, the stories are consistently high you know they usually run good to fantastic mm. um you look forward to it it's there it's reliable what, what are you listening to at the moment oh at the moment i'm keeping up with the last few of the the monthly uh series before right. they right, before right. they shut that down i am listening to some of the torchwood actually i'm i'm up to date with the torchwood episodes as they come out I've also re- revisiting some Jago and Late Lightfoot. Uh, I dipped into a little Dorian Gray. Oh, and, and Gallifrey. I've been listening to, to uh, gone back to the beginning of the Gallifrey. So, uh, you know, there's you, you're spoiled for choice when it comes to Big Finish. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm um, I'm very much enjoying Stranded. Uh, I, I think Stranded it is the latest Eighth Doctor box set, which. Uh, box sets one and box sets two uh, have been released and there's four in total are amazing uh they're ever so good and um again rivaling dark eyes at the moment they're, they're that good uh to listen to and and they are pretty much my doctor who now and the telly supplements that and mm. uh it's um yeah, it, it, it's a strange, um, strange the way things work out, I suppose. But uh, I, I guess there are going to be eras of the show which uh, resonate with fans more than that, than others. And when you move away from the show, then something else almost invariably fills that void. And if it's not a completely different show altogether, then perhaps a different offshoot of of who um, can can you know give you what the tv isn't <laughs> and uh or what the key the tv doesn't and and that certainly works with big finish for me and uh, i'd be utterly utterly lost uh mm. without them the thing i've really been worried about and you might appreciate this or you might think i'm just this weird englishman we i think you think that anyway but as i get older i do worry about things more in general things go wrong from a health point of view slightly more frequently when you're near 50 as I am at the moment and the thing that I'm terrified about is losing my hearing mm. and 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 that's it's on on its way out it, it, it's definitely not as good as it used to be and the amount of audio I listen to the the, the very concept of not being able to comfortably listen to audio plays I can't begin to describe to you how horrific that prospect is. I mean, I've not really thought about, you know, losing sight. That must be worse from a certain point of view. But I have to admit, it's really made me appreciate my hearing in in, in very bizarre and strange ways, really. Wow. Well, <laughs> I, my, I, I hope for you, get that hearing checked. Um, what? <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well that that that's a powerful statement though about mm. 
mm. you know, obviously how much you care about hearing the world around you, but but um, also about Fig Finish. I think it's just about stories and my love of stories. And uh, you, you wrap everything together like that. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I value Big Finish and audio drama very, very much indeed. So anyway, um, do we have anything else from our wonderful listeners or is that everything? I, you know, we have, we get folks on Facebook and Twitter, and mm. most of them are short, short things that, that we've sort of covered before, but just to mention a few names, you know, thank you, Matthew, Adam, Nigel, Lewis, and I probably will not catch everybody, but the, Paul, these are names of folks that have either tweeted or Facebooked us within the last few months, at least, Dario. Uh, so thank you. We, we do read everything that comes our way. Um, the emails go directly to James, and so you'll get a, a response from him usually. On, and actually, more frequently than not, you'll get a response from James, whatever you write or send. Uh, and we would love audio. Audio feedback is good, too. Audio feedback is always welcome. We're an audio podcast, and it would be great to, to feature some of your your voices uh, as, as as well as ours and uh, yes i do get around to reading the emails but sometimes it can be a very very long time after you send them do be patient with us but we do we do love hearing from you um couple of uh, requests if you are thinking about dropping us a note uh, with your opinions um first of all the shorter uh, the points uh, the more likely you'll you'll hear them on um, a show sooner uh, if, if they're a lot longer that's great but we will end up having to to put them into a, a special like this episode uh, which obviously might not be in the immediate future on our our schedule Audio feedback, we've mentioned already, that's always preferred. Keep it under two minutes. Um, and I'm particularly interested, as I said, I, I, I quite like to cover a little bit more of um, the latest era on the DWP. Uh, we've, we've kind of talked about it in, you know, more or less negative tones or, um, you know, we've not been overly positive in this particular episode. And I, I don't have a problem with that, it's how I feel. But I'm also very keen to make certain that the counter or the opposite view is put forward and it's not something we've really been able to do that effectively on a dwp so we've just focused instead on i don't know the faceless ones or william arnold and uh, it'd be good to get a bit of uh, love for jody on the show as well you know i wonder almost inevitably when i listen to something or watch something for the second time I appreciate it more than the first time and so it'll be interesting one of these days to go back through jody's era and and see see if that changes and and i don't hate those stories uh you know i'm not most of them i'm not thrilled with but i'm all i also don't really dislike them either it's that they just kind of fall right in the middle yeah, I, I know what you mean and i i do feel the same way um and again it, it's it's context is everything isn't it at the end of the day we spend probably now god years of our lives producing a podcast now if we record ourselves saying we don't like a particular episode context listeners context doesn't mean that we invest all this time to tell you how much we hate something it really doesn't work like that it's it's just that we like some elements of doctor who more than other elements and i'd still rather watch a jody era more than practically any other tv franchise it's just that it doesn't do the same kind of things for me as other eras of, of Doctor Who. And uh, I think that's fine. I'm, I'm interested in in understanding why that is. And like you referred to, or at least hinted at, Michelle, opinion changes over time. 
And I know that's very unpopular in certain professions like politics, <laughs> where you have U-turns. But I quite enjoy realising my view of a particular story has changed. And it doesn't really matter which way around it is. An episode that I really didn't enjoy in the new era, I can really enjoy two or three years later, and vice versa. You know? We shall be back with episode 322 at the end of this month. And it will be one of two topics taking prevalence. Michelle, you're looking... Because I can see Michelle, you see, listeners. Uh, you're looking <laughs> eager with anticipation. So I'm assuming you that, don't that know which... That was puzzlement. That was oh, puzzlement, puzzlement. Puzzlement. Right, got you. Okay. Well, we will either <laughs> be talking to Ian about another one of his classic stories that he he, he has yet to see. That's, that's one plan. I really enjoyed talking about the time meddler with him a little while ago. Or, depending on when Big Finish release the Christopher Eccleston box set, which is due out in May, then if we've got time to A, listen, and B, record, then we will try and get a substantial review of Ravages, which is what the first Christopher Eccleston box set is, onto episode 322. So there you are. A bit of intrigue or uncertainty, depending on your point of view to end the podcast Michelle have you got anything else interesting to say no right you really <laughs> tried hard there too didn't you I could tell <laughs> listeners it's been wonderful to have you with us over the last hour or so feedback at the Doctor Who podcast is the email address you need or you can find us at the DR Who podcast on Twitter or the Doctor Who podcast on Facebook absolutely listeners wonderful to have you with us michelle great to speak to you as always bye for now everyone bye that was the doctor who podcast which you can find at the doctor who podcast.com if you have any feedback please send it into feedback at the doctor who podcast.com thank you for listening take care Well, I'm recording anyway, put it that way. Okay, I'm recording as well. How lovely. <laughs> right, do you want to Do you wanna start then? And, I uh, can give it a whirl here. Whirly whirl. <laughs> Welcome to... No, let's try that again already. <laughs> that's two words, that's a record. I know. <laughs> you just say, you just call it special Doctor Who... DWP special number 14? Are you having DWP cataloging I- I- issues again? Yeah, I, I am. I really, I okay. never have Well, the before, last actually. one was DWP special 13. No, and how do you say it? You say it, DWP 14. special. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's all I, that's all I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Great okay. start. And I was struck when I saw the chase at just how impacted Stephen's character is by that. I mean, he is clearly suffering from shell shock or PTSD or, or, or they don't play him as someone who is 
has had an easy time of these two years, and I think it's actually a fairly realistic and authentic characterization. So the fact that he would go into the time member being kind of churlish and a little, the a time little member. off, huh? The time member. No, time member. You said the time member, I'm gonna, I'm gonna which start could have over. rather unfortunate connotation. <laughs> Then I'd better start over, <laughs> and, and we'll see if this ends up on the on the I end of the episode. <laughs> Or you can reach us at at the DWP. I don't know these things. <laughs> um. <laughs> the DR Who podcast. Okay, and that. Okay, or you can find us at the DR Who podcast on Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>